0: Hi everybody, welcome to another Prog Report podcast. We're back with another fantastic Prog Report top 5. Hope you've been enjoying all the other programming and podcasts that we've had. From what we can see, the response has been awesome and everybody seems to like it. So thank you. Thank you so much for uh, checking us out. Hopefully you're checking out Pro Report Radio as well. We got some great stuff going on there. Uh, coming up in the future, we got some more great top five podcasts, some more My Prog Fives. Uh, we're back with some more Yes 50 pods and uh, there'll be some more stuff coming down the pike as well. And don't forget, if you haven't picked up a copy of the book, The Essential Modern Progressive Rock Albums book, you can still get a copy of that. So today we are uh, returning to one of our favorites, one of my personal favorites, if you know me and you've followed what, uh, what I like to write about and the bands that we report about often. Uh, good timing on this one as well, because this band has been around for a long, long time now, uh, is back with their 13th album. Now, of course, we're talking about Spock's Beard. Their new album, Noise Floor, comes out this month, May 25th. So uh, perfect timing to do a podcast on the top five Spock's Beard songs. And uh, I have two fantastic guests and Spock's Beard experts to join me here. And we're going to divide it up into the three eras, and we'll get into that. But first, let me introduce a guy that, was on one of the first ones we did and uh, a fantastic contributor and a, uh, certainly a Spock's expert by every estimation, uh, Nick Matsukis from South Africa, who we like to call Prague Nick.
1: Hello everybody. Great to be here talking about one of my favorite bands, if not the favorite band of all time.
0: Well, there you go. Perfect. And of course, Nick was with us on the Neil Morris podcast, which makes perfect sense. And of course, uh, we have another great guest, and this is his first time joining us on the top five. Uh, You know, this guy's been around the Prop Report from the beginning. Uh, One of the main guys helping me get it off the ground, and a great friend and contributor, Victor Geol.
2: Hello, everybody. Uh, Thanks, Roy. This is this is an honor to uh, to be on, and uh, uh, just great day here in South Florida. And for for those that don't know the the geography in, in South Florida, we're all, we're all flat here. So I feel that uh, Roy and your knowledge of Spock's Beard and Nick and your knowledge of Spock's Beard, you guys are both like have scaled the Mount Everest of Spock's Beard. And, and in Florida, about the tallest mountain we have, they're called landfills. It's where we put all our <laughs> trash right. in. So I, I've scaled, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm on top of a landfill when you guys are on Mount Everest. So this, this is awesome to be a part of.
0: Uh, well don't uh, don't sell yourself short there mr Prague guy. Um, you know Victor is also uh you know a musician plays guitar and and uh, actually we've played together we've jammed we've jammed quite a few times back in the day and uh, and Nick is of course a fantastic drummer and and plays on the you know prague uh, live and cruise to the edge and so uh you know we have very different perspectives here and of course we 're all big Neil Morrison and fans for a long time so what we decided to do here, uh, because when you're covering, uh, this band has 13 albums and certainly no shortage of great songs. Uh, but because there is three of us and there is three specific different eras of this band, we decided to split them up. So uh, I will be taking on the first six albums, which is uh, the Neil Morris era, as we'll call it, uh, which is from the first album, The Delight Through Snow. And uh, Victor will be taking on the Nick DiVergilio-led era from Phil Euphoria to the X album. And then Nick will be taking the current and most recent version, which is the Ted Leonard-led lineup, which is, of course, uh, Brief Nocturnes and Dreamless Sleep. And uh, through the current album, which is coming out uh, May 25th, called Noise Floor. Now, we, Nick has had the album... Uh, for a few weeks now, as we all have in uh, in preparation for the podcast and, and of course, uh, reviewing the record. And so maybe that'll be included in this podcast. Maybe it won't. We don't know. So um, we, there's, there's been a little bit of pre-negotiating on this uh, extortion, as <laughs> Victor liked to call it. Uh, you know, if you don't put in that song, I'm not putting in that song. And so we'll see how it all works out. <laughs> Uh so um Nick I want to talk to you a little bit uh you know talk about first discovering the band and and you know when that when was that for you and what was that like and and what do you like about the band
1: Oh man it it, it was around the time when um Dream Theater had released uh, Images and Words and I was getting heavily into the band and Literally, you know, being stuck here in, in the southern tip of Africa, it, it, it used to take a longer time for stuff to get through to us, particularly non-commercial music. And for many, many years, honestly, I thought prog was dead. And uh, with a with a sort of a dial in... Uh, internet access as we had here at the time. I started researching as much as I could about Dream Theater and and this phenomenal drummer, Mike Portnoy, who came out of nowhere for me, um, sort of following everything he said. And um, of course, Mike made the now famous comment that, um, in his opinion, Spock's Beard were one of the best bands in the world and he would rate Neil Morse right up there with Roger Waters and John Lennon as one of the the greatest composers of all time. And my ears pricked up and I sat upright in my chair and I couldn't believe what I was reading from this now famous and fabulous drummer. And immediately had to check out Spock's beard. And guess what? Within an hour of hearing them, they overtook Dream Theater as my favorite band, excluding the 70s prog bands, Yes, Genesis, ELP, and so on. Uh, immediately, Spoxbeard Beard became my favorite band, and the rest is history. Just from, from, from that moment onwards, they remained, together with, with Neil's uh, solo stuff, my favorite act of all time.
0: Well, that's perfect. I think, I, yeah, I think we can relate. Uh, Vic, how about you? I think I had a lot to do with you getting into the band, if I remember correctly.
2: Well, it'll make sense to the listeners uh, to understand why I've been with the Prog Report from what you say from the beginning. Um, Actually, uh, the Prog Report, which is what Roy decided to brand, what he had already been doing for all his friends. Uh, You know, back in the day when we were in in high school, back in the glory days, of course, going to make us sound like dinosaurs. Yeah. But you know there was there was no internet, and uh, unless you had some sort of special connection to a record label, you know, or you knew somebody that lived in an area that was frequented by bands that were cool, uh, which those of us that don't know, South Florida is kind of a kind of a, a a desert when it comes to really attracting you know steady bands that are that are not huge. Uh, and, you know, Roy just provided us with, uh, with pretty much a little bit of sneak preview of music or he would get uh, the music and he would buy extra copies and say, guys, listen to this. This is solid. And I was more on the, and I still am, more on the heavier side of, of music, even though I, I love to listen to uh, Chick Corea and all his electric band stuff and enjoy classical music and all that. I, I really stick to, to the heavier stuff, even in, even in Prague. Yeah, And, um, so when, uh, when, you know, Dream Theater was, was doing great and everything else, Roy started, uh, to, to infiltrate his music to my brother. Uh, and actually my brother is the one that, that said, you know, cause I, I noticed Roy was wearing a Spock's beard shirt. Uh, we had gone to a Megadeth concert up in Jacksonville and Roy was wearing a Spock's beard shirt, which was weird. I asked my brother, I'm like, Hey, you know, who's Spock's beard. And, and he sort of, you know, told me it's like, well, you know, they're not they're not heavy, but they're really cool. And so, back in the late '90s, I'm I'm trying to remember the album. It may have even been Five that I was introduced to first, but my brother did the right thing and said, "No, here's the light. Listen to that." And and I worked through it. Um, and so I was I was sold, and and then shortly after that, Transatlantic came out. And I actually really like Transatlantic, and that sort of locked it in for me, at uh, as Spock's beard. So that's that's how I that's how I got into it. And specifically, in the uh, in the era that I'm doing with Nick, I went to uh, a concert back in 2003. It was in the House of Blues in Orlando, and it was one of the greatest concerts that I've been to. Uh, my wife and I were celebrating our sixth anniversary, and I had just come out of the Cirque du Soleil show, I exited that show and immediately walked in line, met my brother to go into the House of Blues to see a show that it was Fate Warning, opening up for co-headliners, Dream Theater, and Queensryche. And it happened to be that that was the one where Nick was playing drums. And, and so that when I saw him play Mark Zonder's parts flawlessly while chewing gum... That was my exposure to Nick Live, which uh, I was very impressed with. So that's that's my story. It can
1: be amazing how how serendipity can play a role in, in, in the music that we grow to love. But I was very, very lucky one day. I happened to be scheduled to, to, to go to the U.S., which is a long way away from where I live. And a trip to the U.S. is a big deal. Um, but I happened to be in New York one particular week. And this was... Literally, gentlemen, seven or eight weeks before 9-11 happened. Um, and I actually went up the Twin Towers with, with the friend that I was traveling with. Wow. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it, it was around that time. And I remember coming down from the Twin Towers and, and, and going back to the hotel, taking a cab back to the hotel, and picking up, you know, that village newspaper that they have in New York? Yes. Um, and just leafing through it in the cab on the way back to the hotel and this tiny little two inch by two inch ad caught my attention. Well naturally it would. It said Spox Beard tonight at the bottom line.
3: Mm.
1: I wow. did a double take in the back of this cab and nudged my friend in the in, in the elbow and said, Spox Beard, dude, the band that I've been going on about and he's a big he's a big Europe fan and he likes the more AOR side of things. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard you raving about them. That yeah, yeah, yeah. The Dude, I am going to this thing tonight. You are coming with me no matter what. I don't care if we have to stand in line for hours. We are going. And I told the, I told the cab driver to take us directly to the bottom line. This was about, about two o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm very grateful that that happened. You know, the guy upstairs I think was looking after me because that was on the V tour. And I was lucky enough to see my already favorite band live. In New York just by pure serendipity pure coincidence so and of cool. course I, I mean I was more than blown away. That's, that, a, great that's story. a really
0: cool story and i would never been that fortunate to be in town and it's just yeah this band my favorite band that I've never seen it happens to be playing that's pretty pretty cool. Yeah, yeah.
1: I was so lucky man. Was- uh,
0: you know I've talked enough about how I got into the band I think but I'll get into a little bit more of that as we go um, with you know with other stories about some material but I want to go ahead and dive in to our rankings so i'm going to start with my top five uh my number five rather of the uh, the neil morris era so my number five is going to be uh wind at my back from the snow album uh which you know i don't know if that's a song many people would expect or not it's not remotely proggy really or technical or has no real instrumental solo parts um but just hands down, one of my favorite songs of all time, uh, just the song that having had the fortune to see them play it with the original lineup uh, at Morse Fest when they did Snow, uh, seeing that live uh, just gave me chills. And, uh, you know, lyrically, I know that it has sort of a, a religious undertone to it. But I just regardless, I think the lyrics are brilliant and uh the melody is great the chorus is great uh it's catchy it remains with you forever and um i don't know just one of those songs that i i just was trying to find well no I've, i had this pressure to put on this list no i gotta put one of the 20 minute songs on here instead to, for that spot but i couldn't leave this song off so uh yeah that's that's my number five and, and uh, i think snow's an amazing album this this is the only song I have from, from that album represented on the list, but uh, it's, it's the one that's just one of my all-time favorite songs by the band.
2: You know, Roy, uh, that's, that's a song that, that has become, I mean, up until uh, Morse Fest of, uh, of 2017, uh, that song had been played in every single Morse Fest, and it kind of became the Morse Fest, Morse Fest anthem. You know, everybody joins in, and it's the feel-good and, you know, it's, it's from, from Snow, which just has that, that connection with all, the, with all the diehard fans. Well, the bar is high for you. I, I'm curious to see what your next four are. So.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I can go with that choice, Roy, because although it's not the most technical or, or um, even the most emotive song that Neil's ever written, once you've seen it, seen it performed live a few times, you get why the song is so important on the album and uh it, it, it's a killer song man it, it, it's it's just an amazing composition um and you know to keep up with those lyrics because the the, the line in the verse changes every time yeah must be a very difficult thing to do but it, once you've seen it performed live a few times i i i think to those who are out there who have heard it on the record but but, but haven't seen it performed live it does make sense and it deserves its place on this list i agree with you oh, oh.
0: Victor, we're going to go into the Nick era with your first choice, uh, your number five.
2: I'm an old school, like, you know, I'm sure a lot of prog guys are. Old school in that I I tend to listen to an entire album from start to finish. Um, And I kind of listen to it that way, and it kind of gets ingrained into my mind. And at that point, certain songs or certain moments start popping out. And the interesting thing of, of the Nick era as you had the giant of Neil Morse and his prolific writing that had, at that point, gone on to do his own stuff. And Spock's beard, here they go. They continue, and we start drawing all these parallels to Genesis. Oh, the drummer is now the lead singer. right? And uh, and at that point, I, I knew that Nick's talent on drums was second to none, and I knew that he was a great singer. And I had seen some videos of him playing acoustic guitar alongside Neil on some concerts, and it was absolutely depressing for me as a guitar player to see Nick De who's a great drummer, just absolutely shredded on acoustic guitar. Yeah, uh, you know, in a live setting, so you know that it's not, you know, you know, edited or produced. So, with that being said, um, it. Uh, you know, when I listen to the albums uh, and you go in, in sequence chronologically, the first song that I'm ranking number five, it's, it's the first song that caught my attention that I felt that really represented uh, Nick's voice. And the chorus just had a really, really catchy, just catchy, that, that just really stuck to my head. So from, um, from Octane, my number five is As Long As We Ride. It's a song that the chorus just echoed. It's it's not a very complex song. It's it's a very, you know, it's, it's a lot more rock than it is prog. And kind of the Nick era brought in a more rock type sound, which, you know, he mentions in all his interviews. And when I've spoken to him, you know, he's really proud of how they sort of kept the Spock, the Spock's model but really went in a different direction. Also, you know, you started to have uh, like Stan Osmus and John uh, Behold that just start writing music with them along with Dave and with Nick and with Rio, you know, those, so really started to change sort of the identity, but they kept kept the sound pretty much the same. But as long as we ride is, is the one that, uh, that really sticks out. I find myself in in that album that, uh, it, it, I'm glad it ended with that, uh, on the regular, uh, on the regular CD because it was one of those where it was, it was a good ending. And at that point I was, I was sold that okay this this band is solid they're coming that's, that's
0: interesting choice I, that, that wouldn't have been one i would have gone with although i i do like it but it is what i remember from hearing the nick era of course when neil left you're like he he wrote everything and, and you you have to think to yourself well that's the end of the band because who's going to write the material and and how are they going to do it and they brought in like you said those other writers and they did the fill you for your record which was uneven at times i think they were, they were still trying to find their way there's a couple of good songs on there absolutely um, but um but i was still trying to stick with the band and octane came out and i got that and i was very encouraged with octane i actually think it's a very solid record and a very big step up from feel euphoria um so w- once i heard that uh it sort of settled my concerns i said okay it's a little different but they're still doing the prog thing and they're finding their sound and and you're right, it was, they became a little bit more of, a, of an electric guitar rock type band where I think with Neil, there was a lot of acoustic and organic instruments or, you know, acoustic guitar, piano based type things throughout the Neil era, which I think they didn't do as much with the Nick era. Um, and that was the big change for that I felt. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. But, but Octane, uh, Octane's pretty
1: good. Nick, where are you with that album? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like Octane a lot. Um, there isn't a Spock's album I don't like, but I, I guess Feel Euphoria would be the one that stands out for everybody as, 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 as uh, the question mark, pardon the pun. But um, yeah, I liked Octane a lot. I, I think one of the best songs they've ever done, which is She Is Everything. Uh, That's is
0: yeah, I think that uh, that, I really and, um, that and There Was A Time might have been my two favorites. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which was seeing, uh, and, seeing and, him and, do and that I, acoustically was great. How about that at the last Morse
1: Fest? Was, was yeah, fantastic. Nice. And, and um, you know, I certainly agree with Victor. I think As Long As We Ride is a fantastic song. It's it, it's more on the rock side, but it's certainly not unproggy. proggy um, It's very imaginative. It's a great driving rocker. Um, and yeah, I think, I think it's a great choice that. Um, for me, she is everything is the highlight on the album, but certainly, um, as long as we're right, ain't gonna get skipped over when I'm when I'm playing.
0: Uh, okay, you're, you're up with, uh, I'm curious, let's, let's see the Ted era, number five for you.
1: Oh, wow, you know me, man. I always like to start off with a curveball, right? <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I, I, you know, I wanted to make a point, which I think Victor's already uh, uh, kind of alluded to, which is that we should not af- uh, forget the contribution of guys like John Boyhold and Stan Asmus, um, uh, the contribution they've made to this band is, is is significant and not to be ignored. You know, you take songs like "I Know Your Secret" from "Brief Nocturnes." That's a that that's a great song written by John. Um, the band, of course, executes everything that's written for them with with with, with immaculate precision. But um, songwriting is a very very important part of the process of creating prog in particular. So this is kind of me tipping my hat to those two guys, John Boyhold and Stan Ausmus. Um, I think possibly one of the best songs written by John in the Ted era is something very strange, which is off, uh, uh, off brief nocturnes. I think that um, while it's, it's, it's not the most technical song, uh, or, or the most complex song that they've ever done. It's, it's certainly one of their most powerful, and it's very powerfully written. Uh, it's got great instrumentation, a killer verse and chorus, uh, which pushes Ted. Um, the solos from Al and Rio are, are, are very aggressive, and, and, and I, think, I think that makes something very strange, a standout track. For very good reason, for quite a while, uh, and you might find this again, uh, Spox would use something very strange as 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 a regular opening song for their live concerts. Yeah. And the song works perfectly for that. Um so for me this is this is the number 5 and I I have to tell you Roy with great apology in my voice and and I a contrition and I beg your forgiveness because I know how you feel about the song. Oh, this is boy. the one that edged out waiting for me. Oh Just. well
0: I, you know yeah. I, okay, awesome. I look, waiting for me, I think is one of the best songs in the band's collection of songs that they have, but uh i I love something very strange, and if that would have been my that's the second my second favorite song off that album, so uh, yeah, I mean, if that's the one to swap out, I mean I know get it, picking five is is tough anyway, but I think this song is
1: killer. Definitely love this song. Live it, live it, kicks. You know, you know me, man. To to for me, for me to exclude a Morse Brothers composition, which yeah. something very strange <laughs> is, is a very hard thing to do. But <laughs> I think something very strange deserves a place on this list. I'm tipping my hat to the other composers that have contributed to to Spock's Beard here. I think John and Stan are an integral part of this whole of this whole thing. So there's my curveball. And apologies for having to leave out women.
0: Understood, understood. we a the race of revelation
3: With the ringing of the bells Together there's over in every nation Here's the truth these travellers will tell
0: With that said, I'm going to dive into my number 4 and perhaps offer you apologies. Uh, <laughs> no, for not making this song higher, but oh. my number 4, oh, is, okay. My number 4 is The Great Nothing from the 5 album or the V album. Um, and so I know that's possibly your your number 1. I know we've we've talked about that at length and uh but I'm putting it here at number four just because there's other songs and it's became one of those shuffling things. But uh, I I know this is probably a lot of fans' favorite song because it's the long epic. I think it's the longest song in in the Spock's Beard catalog and um, one of the most intricate and, and complicated lyrically and very autobiographical with Neil's story of trying to make it in the music business and, and the struggles of trying to do that and, and dealing with record company executives and, and all that kind of stuff, um, you know, closes what a lot of people think is their best album. Um, and, uh, you know, is one of the longstanding epics now, uh, going on almost 20 years of, of one of these songs that stands the test of time. It was one of the great prog classics, I think now, or modern prog classics, at least. um, uh, yeah, you know, it's a song that uh, I think just speaks to a lot of people, and the great epic ending with with Al Solo at the end is awesome. Everybody's performances here are great. Uh, I don't think it's it's one that I could have left off the list or would have been murdered. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, so you there you have you it. Maybe a bit cut. maybe a bit low for for you or for some people, but that's what I'm going with. Yeah.
3: Time.
1: Well, I can tell you that between South Africa and Ireland, be grateful is not a hit out against you. <laughs> oh goodness! No, <laughs> no, no. We we forgive you, Roy. As long as it's on the list, as it would have been on the list. And,
0: that's right. You know, but, I got to tell you too, it was hard to leave off uh, at the end of the day and put this song on. I mean, that's a, that's for me. It's it's a close toss up between those two. So it's very hard, very hard to leave any, some of these songs off.
2: I think Spock's, that
1: a great song.
2: Spock's really, that, that album, it was at, at such a mature peak of their collaboration. Um, you know, it, it's as much as, as Snow has such an emotional impact on all of us because of the fact that it came after this album, that was a double album, and then Neil departs the band, album never gets toured or played until you know little bits and pieces and then they do Moore's Fest, Snow Alive. But V is 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 really just just a peak in their maturity. Uh start to finish. It's it's an amazing album. but so one
0: one extra note about the album which you guys know from, from my book, which I had found out only in doing research for my book on the album was that uh We All Need Some Light was gonna be the ballad on here. It was between yes. goodbye to yesterday and we all need some light and they ended up with goodbye to yesterday. So, I mean, like, which is a great song too, but I can't imagine if
1: that other song had been on here as well. You can imagine that we all need some light for me is just about the perfect ballad. There's nothing weak about five as an album at all. But if you were to force me under torture and at knife point to take out a song from the album and remove it, it would have been goodbye to yesterday can you imagine how perfect this album would have been for me? Had Will yeah, been, I mean, that's, yeah, so the song, you know,
0: that's <laughs> an interesting choice they made and, and, uh, but you know, it worked out for everybody. So moving on. Number four, Victor,
2: Victor from the Nick era. That's right. Well, I'll keep this, uh, I'll keep this short and sweet. Um, this comes from the album that, uh, when I heard this album, it just really, you know, solidified it for me that, this band was worthy of maintaining the Spock's Beard name. Because for a while there, my thought was, you know, Feel Euphoria and, and Octane, they're both very good albums. If they were under a different band name, where would they be in, in my heart? Probably they'd be a lot higher than what my bias from the, Nick, from the uh, Neil years had built up. So the song that I picked from this album as my number four it's another one at the tail end of the uh, of the CD, rearranged. Uh, again,
0: oh, I love that one. Thank I you. I just I just Man. feel
2: I just feel that, and and one of the things that I noticed in the songs that I picked, um, when I hear the first two albums, I, I feel as in, as in the the songs how they were arranged. Nick was trying to expand his his vocal uh, delivery, and one of the things that he said on one of the early prog report, uh, interviews back in, I want to say it was back in, in 2014 or even 13. He had mentioned that, you know, he had never done, he had never been a frontman and he kind of jumped on the opportunity to do that because he just didn't have that experience and it had totally changed how he thought of it. Well, one of the things that I really caught my attention with my number five, but especially number four, boy, they wrote this song, especially in the chorus, where it is right at the sweet spot. It's, it's his voice. It really cuts through. It's a great song. Um, and it's, again, one of those things where the melody just sticks in my mind, which is signature Spock's beard. No matter what era you're talking about, they, what separates them from your typical prog band is just that they have those melody lines or those chorus lines that just makes you really join in. It's easy to join in. So that's, that's my number four.
3: Everything that was so normal, now seen so confusing and weird Now the living that live it, it was so safe.
0: love that song Um, possibly maybe my favorite or second or third favorite on that self-titled album I think it's awesome
1: that's a great choice yeah I couldn't agree more I think it's a fantastic song it's it's Nick certainly stepping up to the plate compositionally Um, you know it it might be a little reminiscent of his solo albums you know songs like uh, you know his, his his knack for melody and songs like Mary Jane says and and so on that's that's reflected here and rearranged is a great song. Couldn't agree more. Yep.
0: Okay. Uh, you know, Nick, Nick should have been doing Nick. I don't know how he ended up. It's very complicated.
2: <laughs> well, you, you know, we, we, how, uh, did we how did we make this decision? Well, we, we talked about this ahead of time and, and I, I was all prepared for Nick to do Nick, but Nick, to, to his, to, to Prague, Nick's credit, he had mentioned because he had set himself up with listening to the latest Spock's album, which Correct. i guess was sort of a tease whether a song was going to make it in there or not from noise floor. So Nick Nick not doing Nick is Nick's idea. So Correct. Yeah, well, I,
1: listen man, Prog has to be confusing, right? That's right. <laughs> Otherwise it's not prog. So keep so, you on your toes. There's the confusion. All righty. So my number 4 is it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to tip my hat again to the outside composers here. Um and I'm going to go for my number four with Tides of Time of the Oblivion Particle.
0: Awesome.
1: Uh, it's a Stan Asmus composition. Um, it's a very difficult song. Uh, it, it's, it's in this very strange, slow 5-4 timing, which shows that these outside composers are, are, are not um, non-proggers at all. Uh, the the band spreads, spreads its wings instrumentally in the song. Um, and I think that that slow piece in the middle of the song is really one of the best moments of, of the Ted Leonard era. It's just beautiful. Uh, it really tears at my heart every time I hear it. And also the proggy piece after that middle bit is typical Spock's madness, power, insanity, and it, it, it really did leave me speechless when I first heard it. This was the point when I realized that Spock's were well and truly over the massive loss of Neil. Um, you know, there's no doubt that, that the oblivion particle has its peaks and its troughs. I mean, certainly the center line, A Better Way to Fly are great songs. A song like Bennett is not their best moment in my opinion. Um, and there are moments on the album which some people believe on, uh, are not Spock's beard-like at all. But for me, um, this particular song, Tides of Time, uh, on, on arguably Spock's least consistent album is a standout track. And so I wanted to give it some props and some recognition here. It's a standout uh, composition. I think it's a great Spock's beard song, well, well composed, well performed. So Tides of Time is my number four. Yeah, I, I think
0: that's that's the peak of that album is that song for sure. Um, and I also think that it's one, Neil, Neil songs aside, uh, you could play that song and within the first 10 seconds, that's a definitive Spock's Beard opening sounding song. It, Amen. You know, right away who it is and who it's, and you could show that to someone as a prototypical, this is what this band is. Um, I, th- I think that's what that song has. I mean, you're right about the album. Um, you know, it's it's uneven at times. I actually do like Bennett, uh, you know, a little bit. The Bennett built the time machine, uh, but it but it might not be a Spock's beard truly sounding song. I suppose maybe that's that's the issue with that song. But I I actually did like it quite a bit. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I think you're right. Uh, that song is awesome, and I think it's one that that stands out for the band for sure. I'm yeah. not So now we're getting into the real meat of the songs for me. Really, it was easy for me from this point on, the three songs that I knew had to be in my top three. Order a bit tricky, but it is what it is. So uh, my number three is going to be Walking on the Wind from ah. the Beware of Darkness album. Good um, man. You know, whether this is my favorite song or the third favorite, I couldn't even tell you. But yes, it's it's definitely one that... Uh, is just an all-timer for me. You know, when I was discovering the band and learning their material, I started with Kindness to Strangers and then worked my way backwards and the, you know, the next album after that that I heard going backwards was Beware of Darkness and I just uh, I think this song in particular was the moment for me where I said this is the music I've been waiting for. This song, I've I, I knew I always wanted someone to make songs like this, and I it just it's just it's perfectly written. Um, the epic ending, you know, Neil shouting back at the end, you know, repeating the, the chorus and walking on the wind, and all that. It's just it's so epic, it's absurd, and um you know the performances I mean look I could have gone a number of different ways on that album which is a masterpiece The Doorway or Thoughts or even the the great uh George Harrison cover the title track um but this is the song that uh stands out for me to this day I was surprised they left it off the best of frankly <laughs> in in lieu of uh The Doorway but I suppose that's a tough that's a splitting hairs really but um I think this song works live. They still play it all the time to this day. And uh, this song was the song that really solidified uh, this band for me as, as, as a band I need to know more about, you know, back then at the time when I first heard it.
3: Out here where we're living On the dark side of the day Something's in our way What is hard to say Flushing in and out like players in a phantom band. Life is out of hand as night falls on the land.
2: Song uh, and you're absolutely right. Uh, caught my attention uh, for for a very specific reason. I I'm so grateful to to actually know that they're doing it live and and back at Progressive Nation at Sea back in 2014. What a great cruise that was when they performed that. Uh, that was that was an awesome moment for me. That's this is a great song for you to pick. But that's the song that sort of locked in for me. Dave Maros's bass tone.
0: Yeah, he, I mean, his, it's so underrated and underappreciated, his bass tone. Oh,
2: cool. right, right in the beginning, just to, to be part of that you know, introduction, that's, that's just awesome. It's a great song. I'm glad to see that it made the list.
1: I couldn't agree with you more, Roy. It, it, it's, that was the defining moment for me. Funnily enough, you know, uh, when I started researching Spock's beard after Mike's comment, the first album that I listened to was not The Light. It was Beware, Beware of Darkness. And you know, naturally, you know, I, I just got got more and more amazed as the album went on. But when Walking on the Wind ended, I knew that this band was going to be the love and joy of my life. <laughs> it was that song. That's the song that did it for me, you know. And I, I had the great privilege of trying to learn how to play it with some semi-pro guys on, on the boat. And um you know, you refer to the live performance of it, Victor. Um, I don't know if you're aware that, that, that when Spock's appeared on, on, on Cruise to the Edge the last time with Nick, um, they played Walking on the Wind then too. Yes, sir. So it was just an epic moment. And I, I had the great privilege of, of talking to Nick about it afterwards. And, and he said to me, that is one of his favorite Spock's beard songs to play live. Now, that says it all. If Nick Virgilio says that, well, then you know that this song is something special, and it really, really is.
0: Yeah. Great. Glad we all agree on that. Okay, uh, Victor, your number three?
2: This one comes from the album X. Uh, the album X uh, is is really forefront in my mind, uh, you know, as, uh, as from start to finish, uh, a very strong album. Um, if you were to ask me in, in an honest moment to rank – all of spock's beard's album i'm not so sure that this album not only would be a top five it may be a top three album uh just from start to finish i just think it's it's very strong and uh, and i know roy that you'll be happy with this selection Mm. number three is edge of the in between
0: nice absolutely Uh, one of my favorites
2: just the way that it starts and then you've got the part where In in their live, uh, they recorded this, uh, they, they had their first show where they did this album in its entirety. You can see that Nick starts out in the front for this song, opens up, keyboards are in, you got a great groove going on, and then you get to the middle part that's very proggy and instrumental, and Nick had actually gone back and sat on the second drum kit and played that part and uh it's it's just uh it's just a great song it's it was a great way to kick off in my opinion one of spock's beards all-time uh greatest albums and uh so my number three edge of the in-between
0: the verse piano sort of that bouncing piano with the then the guitar arpeggio part kind of over it and that whole part is just has such a great groove and it's memorable and it's almost like Toto or something I don't know but it's just is one of my Absolutely. favorite parts um, if I could just pull a part out of out of their songs it's one of my favorite parts just that simple piano bouncing kind of verse thing I love that
2: I love that song yep yeah, yep yeah, no that's great
1: yeah, fantastic song, fantastic album. Um, but bittersweet moment for me that album because uh, of the inclusion of the song. Their names escape me. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, that's you know a funny story. story yeah. But
0: but but you should do tell the follow up to that story, which is which is
1: amazing. oh, should I? Okay, well, um, you know, I was in great distress because when the pre order for for the, for this album, which was crowdfunded, um came out um i read the email very quickly i was very busy that day i had a lot of meetings and i just clicked purchase as i do always with everything but i didn't read the options properly um, but one of the options was to have the band sing your name in three four or five part harmony um, and uh, i i just i just somehow missed it when i pre-ordered so when the album came out 18 months later, oh cool, X is here, oh great, you know, for, for once the South African post office delivered and I got my CD and I took it home <laughs> and packed it and I, I, I was so happy just, just to listen to it until their names escape me came up and there was this magnificent rising melody, this beautiful song. Where they started singing fans' names in three, four, and five-part harmony, but not my name because I had made a mistake <laughs> and not taken. I didn't that do option. it either, and I regretted it too. It, it's oh man, so, I, I was so cool I was in, the way they did it. I was in agony for years about that decision until finally, a couple of years ago, I went to I went to Morsefest and I, I stood up and, and asked the question. Listen, guys, would you ever do this again? Would you do it? Their names Escape me. Part two. Or um, uh, uh, would you ever give this opportunity again? Because there were some of us who were stupid enough not to take the option or, or to overlook it. And so they said, what's your name? Oh, my name's Nick. What's your surname? Matt Sukas." Okay. And the band immediately broke into five-part harmony and sang my name. <laughs> and, was- and my good friend, Scott Medina, was 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 kind enough to have recorded it and sent me the video. So it, yes. all, it all ended up well, but... Yeah, that's my story. Well, I think
0: it. you're the only one to have that. So I think you benefited. I think that was <laughs> I
1: that think was yeah. really
0: cool. Yeah.
2: I think it's great that you went with your actual surname as opposed to your nickname because your surname actually makes for a more proggy presentation as opposed to just prog Nick.
1: And go figure, man, they got it right. that's great (laughs) all right Uh, well okay so let's see your number three then all righty so my number three i think is fairly predictable it's afterthoughts from brief nocturnes um this is one of those that was co-composed by neil of course and for me the song is the perfect combination of the great spock's beard of old and the great spock's beard of today I, I, i just love that it continues the whole thoughts series and it adds it it adds ted's take on it which is just as entertaining hilarious and philosophical if you like as Neil's was it has everything it has that that quirky spock's intro that 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 power that fantastic powerful riff and great performances all around i love in particular that it's got those two gentle giant harmony counterpoint (laughs) breaks that spock's are famous for absolutely executed perfectly. And of course, Alan's solo and Rio's solo are are both fantastic. They're bizarre. Jimmy's on fire in the song. And I I, I just love the the lyrics that, that, that Ted barks out in the song. They all say, I'm crazy. And they say, ha, just like a fox, but with dementia. By the way, one third thought, you shouldn't open up that box that I sent you. <laughs> Just brilliant, you know. I, I love the sense of humor of it. I love the fact that they continued this, the, the, the 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 thoughts uh, uh, story. Um, I think the song is fantastic. I think it's a perfect combination and bridge between Spock's of old and Spock's of new. And that's my number three, and I think deservedly so. Absolutely. <laughs>
3: They don't think I thought this out and they all think I should just fall in love.
0: My number two, again, I don't know if this is a song that people would put on or not put on. It's one of the, the Spock's Beard all-time classics that they play all the time, um, but I had to go with June at number two uh, from Kindness of Strangers, and I think all Spock's Beard fans know this song and 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 love this song. Um, for me, it's just the song that got me into the band. This, is, this was the song. I mean, I, first album I got was Kindness of Strangers, and just listening to it in in sequence and and loved the the first few songs this song is the one that stood out to me um i i couldn't believe the harmonies uh the lyrics are quirky and and unique and 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 i love that um and then when the drums come in it's just brilliant it's perfect um you know i remember listening to it and just hoping that they bring the drums back in cuz it was so calling for it as you're listening to the song and when they did and that fill is perfect that Nick does and uh it's just a song that to this day I just if there's justice in the world this this would have been a hit this would have been the song that is up there with all the other prog hits of all time this is their
2: dust this, in the wind this is
0: their dust in the wind or yeah exactly it's yeah. a perfect one right. it, th- right. this is the song and they still play it live and it's one of those audience sing-alongs but It'll always have a special place for me. Uh another interesting note is that uh May 19th coming up is the 20th anniversary of this album. So um really about 20 years ago my my musical life was changed by this song. So I had to put it up, up here.
3: was gone Then the sun came up on a sleepy day and never went down at night And the crowd kept on saying waste away But it just didn't feel
1: It's a special song. There's absolutely no doubt about it. The melody, the way it builds, as you say, when the drums come in, it's just a fantastic song. And if it had been recorded by any remotely commercially recognized band in the world, it would have been a worldwide number one hit in my opinion. There's just no doubt about it. You know, I've got a little story about this too. Um, There was this guy who was, who was uh, singing for Spock's beard because Nick couldn't make some gigs I'd obviously come across Ted with his work with other bands. And I I was a fan of Enchant. You know, I was a little disappointed because I'd been booked in 2011 to go to the high voltage concert in London. You know, I kind of, ah, Nick DiVigilio is not going to be there. Bit of a bummer. I, I felt, but then, you know, Jimmy and Ted came out on stage and the gig was fantastic. And I was immediately a fan of them too. Um, it happens when you're, when you're watching a band live, you know, then you realize that the real thing, but then I don't believe it was the very first, but it was certainly the first in Europe, the first reincorporation of Neil into the band, the first reunion of the band and Neil happened when he came out and the song they did was the light and then June. Right. And i got to yeah. tell you guys, i got to tell you when, when Neil sang June, with this band in the sunlight in london at high voltage concert all was well with me in the world and that song will always mean that moment to me you know it's just a fantastic song and personally very important to me
2: i really have a a, an incredible moment with that song again taking us back to progressive nation at sea as you know they Proclaimed that the worst kept secret in the whole cruise ship was that Neil was going to play with Spock.
0: Correct,
1: yeah. Right, right.
2: And, uh, and so Ted uh, takes a microphone, puts it in a spot, puts a the keyboard there, and then he says, Well, I never play with it here. Welcome, Neil. Neil comes out, they play June. And one of the most tender moments uh, was right after they were done playing June, Neil and Alan are standing next to each other. And Neil just looks over at Alan, and, and Neil is doing everything he can to, to, to fight back tears, and you can tell that he's smiling. And I actually was able to get a great picture from where we were sitting, and I believe that the picture made it onto the uh, Prog Report uh, book.
0: It's in, the, it's in the book, and it is one of the best pictures in the book, absolutely. And it's, it and it's a rare one to find. It's only there.
2: So, uh, it yeah. is. Uh, so, so, yeah, that, that song, that song is, is just, again, great pick, Roy. Okay. Uh you're up, man. Number two. I'm up for number two. Now, you know, when I when I sit down, if I was to say, okay, these are these are the songs that I like from Spock Spirit, I you know, always an epic tends to be there and probably most epics will will take over my top five list, especially from the Neil era. However, coming from the X album again, they had two great epic songs there, both taking in a little bit over sixteen minutes each. Um But the one that I find myself listening to just because of the great variety uh, is the one that uh, Nick actually uh, composed himself. From the Darkness is my number two. Uh, Just it has, for me, has everything. You know, it it starts out with what is at the time the signature Spock's Beard, heavier, rocky sound. And, you know, guitars are coming in, drums are coming in. Uh, Nick just does a great job in singing. But from the darkness, when you get to that middle part, that it comes winding down, and then Rio kicks in with that, with that haunting little piano melody, and then it builds on that, and it has a terrific, terrific epic ending. Start over again, which is the fourth part. I love how it yeah. ends. It's just a huge ending, and and uh, again, that's one of those songs that not only is in my in my top five here, but if you were to tell me pick epics for for Spock's beard, that that's a great song so it's a
0: great one and and that album stands out for that it's got some really strong long epics on that album for sure
2: absolutely and, and you're not and you're not sitting through the epic thinking uh wow we got eight more minutes to go no yeah. it's you, you just you just keep going which is which is the magic of a uh, spock spirit how you doing my
3: man you got anything to say tell us everything everything The crowd they love you today tell us everything.
1: I think that's a great call because you know a, a lot of people cite "Jaws", Jaws of Heaven" as as uh, their favorite song on the album. It, it tends to lead to from from the darkness being being overlooked a little bit. And I think I'm 100% right. You know, when it builds to that "Start Over Again" piece, I mean, it's it's just jaw dropping stuff,
2: really. Absolutely, absolutely.
1: Okay, number two of the Ted Leonard era. Alrighty, Well, I guess it's no secret by now that I love the new album, Noise Floor. Um, and so I get the luxury, thanks to you, Roy, of being able to choose some of these songs. And my number two is Somebody's Home from the wow. new album. Really high up
0: there for a new new album. That's pretty great. Right.
1: It is. And, you know, prog grows on you and um, it takes time to get into some of it. But Man, not this album. I've got to tell you, Somebody's Home is a great song. It, it, it has bewitched me, to be honest. It's typical Spock's beard when it starts. It's, it's this kind of baroque-sounding guitar uh, with, with flute melody. It's done in 6'8", and it immediately sells you. Uh, it's an immediate gratification. But then the band crashes in with this massive offbeat lead guitar, Alan at biggest, brightest, best. And the song is just immediately a high point for me in, in the whole Spock's Beard catalog. It's kind of new Spock's Beard, old Spock's Beard, done Ted Ted Leonard's style. But in my opinion, it's just about as good as anything the band has ever done. Uh, so, I had the it, same
0: you know, feeling in listening to the album. And, and I guess maybe some people are listening to this and wondering how we have, you know, when you have a, a website or a magazine, you get advances from the labels to write reviews and uh, you get the music a little bit in advance. So that was the case here. And, and uh, yeah, that's the song that stood out to me as well. It's just tremendous. It's powerful. Um, you know, I always felt the underrated strength of this band is their, their interplay of acoustic guitars and, and the music. And it's something they, they dropped a lot of when Neil left and uh, to see that sort of back in, I mean, they, they, had, they never got rid of it completely, um, but uh, but to see it in the forefront of a song like this, I think it, it, you're right, it makes you feel like it's one of the the classic style of songs, and just the the punch of that chorus, the epic epic line in the chorus is just so uh, so awesome, uh, great song, love it. My number one, um, I, I think at this point it's fairly obvious what it would be, um, The Light. the <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I pretty much figured everybody would know that would be the song I would pick. But, um, you know, it's interesting because with so much music and so much great music over a really long career... I find it interesting actually that the song that still resonates with me as their best song and my favorite song is the very first song and demo Neil Morris ever wrote or recorded. Um, and it's not to say that everything went downhill from there, but it, it just is, is the greatest song <laughs> for me of Spock's beard entire career. And it's the song that launched it. How, this mad genius came up with this song out of literally nowhere, having not written progressive rock music before at the time when he wrote it. I can't even understand um, because you would think somebody needs to build up to writing such a song. Um, But it has everything. It's, it's the song makes no sense yet makes all the sense in the world. Um, The way it's structured and flows from all these crazy parts to the next. Um, you know, to me, I've had people that have no clue what progressive rock music is like. And to me, this is the song I would show them. It's um, because it's crazy and interesting and inventive and has almost a even a Broadway musical element to it. But it's not too heavy. That might turn people off that don't like heavy, you know, heavy rock. Um, it's just, it's just perfect. I, I'm, a, I'm in awe of it to this day. Every time I hear it, li- having the privilege of uh, Progressive Nation at Sea to see him play it live with the band at that time was uh, one of the great moments for me uh, musically because I'd never seen the band perform at or or Neil. Per- well, I said, I think I'd seen Neil perform live actually before, progressive nation at sea, but not Spox and, and certainly not play any, any of this stuff. So uh, uh, you know, going backwards from kindness of strangers to them beware of darkness. And then I hit this album and <laughs> you just laugh. You're just like, what, how does someone write this? It's crazy. Um, so uh, yeah, I think it's uh, it's brilliant. Of course, go the way you go is a very close second uh, on this album. That album is brilliant. I think it's, one of the greatest albums ever made um the water is fantastic on the edge is a is is a nice little closing song to a, a brilliant epic album but with four songs um written as demos uh that that launched an entire era of music um you can't say enough about it
2: Nice pick. Nice pick. Not surprised. And you're absolutely right. First song I heard. And it's their top song, in my opinion. That doesn't mean that there are not other songs that are as good as that one. But for that one to set the bar at that point is something that kind of harkens you back to the fact that, you know, the the greatest prog, you got to go back to the Giants.
1: You know, think about the lyric, all of this in one man, that's what you guys are talking about, you know, I mean the the genius of this man to come up with that song at a time when prog was just non-existent makes the song all the more special. It's brilliant. And and it's made all the more brilliant by the fact that it came out of this non-prog vacuum. Just incredible. Yep.
0: Okay, good. So uh, Victor, you're number one. I'm curious. I don't know where you're going with this
2: once you hear it, it'll, it'll make perfect sense. Uh, You know, when you're coming up with these lists, it, a lot of it becomes, you know, some songs strike you at first, other songs, not only do they strike you at first, but their experiences that you just go through that solidify where they're at. And, and this just takes me back to another cruise experience over at uh, cruise to the edge. We were, it was a relatively late edition that, Nick was joining Spock's up on stage and the song fits the situation we were at. Here we are, we're anchored to Cozumel. Everybody's enjoying the boat. Spock's beard gets the slot while we were in Cozumel. So you were like, Oh, a lot of people are not really going to get to experience this and you have perfect weather you're in a perfect situation where you know you're on a cruise ship enjoying the best music in the world you're watching one of your favorite all-time bands that's being joined by the original drummer it's a it's just the perfect situation on a perfect island on a perfect day opening <laughs> opening track to their to to their ninth album to their self-titled album
1: Entirely. I think it's uh, probably a-, a song that I- is filled with, with the hope, the, uh, th- the positive descriptors, the-, the positive attitude that Nick brought to the band when he stepped up as frontman. I think it peaked with On a Perfect Day. And you're right, you're right, Victor, to have listened to that song on a perfect day on a boat when everybody else was sunning their bodies out on Cozumel Beach was just heaven. It really was.
0: Okay, so this is the one I really don't know where you're going. Uh, <laughs> Nick, you're number one for the current Ted Leonard Spock Spirit era.
1: Well, once once again, my apologies to the listeners who haven't listened to it yet. Um I wow. haven't gone crazy. I haven't gone crazy, but <laughs> I, I, I promise you, folks. I promise you wow. out there. This is not. This is not a sales pitch for the band. <laughs> this is. This is me telling you the truth. Noise Floor creates, in my in in my opinion, a whole new future for this band, and I've got to say that, it, for me, it contains the finest the finest moment of the ted Leonard era as we as we're calling it and that is a song called have we all gone crazy yet wow it's just amazing i described it in my review as eight minutes of prog heaven um and you know i uh, i had to choose it over songs like one so wise and other uh, uh, and others which are just brilliant on the album but this thing is special it really is um you know, it, it, it has been said by other reviewers that there's no epic on the album. And, uh, okay, I'm, I'm not sure how long the song is. I think it's eight or, eight or nine minutes. It's about minutes, eight, eight but close
0: between eight and nine minutes, I think.
1: Right, right. But it's not the length that makes a song epic. It's the epicness of the song that makes it epic. And I promise you, folks, those of you who haven't heard it out there, this is an epic. Uh, it has a, a big sort of AOR ballad-type... Um, I- intro, but then suddenly the band kicks in, with that 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 unmistakable prog prog pop Spock's beard uniqueness that 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 we all want to hear and and in fact indeed we we expect it, it's there um, again. I think this is a song that Neil could have written in in his days with the band, but it's not. It's 2018 beard, but it's but it's it, it, it's as good as anything this band has ever done. Uh, I'm sorry to the listeners out there that haven't, haven't heard it yet. I apologize for that. But I will say to you guys, you've got a treat in store. This is one fantastic song. Have we all gone crazy yet?
3: One quick look around. There's just one thing that's safe to say. I think we all agree life's Stranger by the day Have we all gone crazy All gone crazy Yet
0: You have gone crazy, but it's okay. <laughs> we'll
1: let it, we'll let it pass.
0: How waiting for me is not in your top five is inexplicable.
1: <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> let me this say song. this to you, Roy. I agonized. I agonized <laughs> between between the top three and and um, you waiting for me. Uh, was agony to put two brand new songs not only in your top five but as your top
0: two choices speaks to uh the strength of those songs and i you know it's hard to say two years from now if you do a top five if those two songs being so new would still be ranked so high but but they certainly are fantastic and i can't i i mean i agree i think those are the two best songs on the album on the new album, which I think is one of their strongest albums, I've said it uh, as well many times. Um, I think a lot of people are really going to like it. I think they really stepped up their game on this one, and um, uh, it certainly is worthy of of the
2: name Spock's Beard in every way. To have that song mentioned in the same sentence as the great Nothing by Prog Nick, I, I I am waiting on bated breath to really uh to really enjoy this new album.
0: I did one song from from five different albums I did not include anything from day for night which I want to just mention really quickly which is one of my favorite albums by the band even though I didn't include a song on here but I was very close to including the uh healing color of sounds suite now I know that <laughs> they're split up into different songs uh so I don't really know if that's fair or how you would go about ranking that and I, it sort of got cut off
2: There was a website that did a countdown on Neil's songs and they actually combined healing colors of sound as an entire song and ranked it. I believe it was either one or two.
0: Well, it's it's supposed to be a one Epic thing. And they, they've talked about that before that the album got sort of uh, uh, written off because it didn't have a long 30 minute song, but they only just cut it up into six different tracks. So I want to give that a quick honorable mention um, because I think Day for Night is still awesome and you know, Crack the Big Sky, the title track, um, lots of great songs on there. I could have gone 10, 15, 25 deep on, on my list. So, um, if,
1: if I can add to that, Roy, I, I, I think that Gibberish and Distance to the Sun are also two of Spock's greatest moments and they're on Day for Night. Okay, any final comments by anybody?
2: Goodness, uh, I, I wanted to give some honorable mentions. Uh, Feeling Euphoria, the epic in there, uh, again, it's subdivided into a bunch of songs, uh, but it's a guy named Sid. De Virgilio put that together, and he did a great job. I mean, the, the intro, which is instrumental, and that's another thing that on my list, I didn't have any instrumentals, and I, I love instrumentals. And the other thing that I want to mention is uh, in Octane, I could picture Stan and, and Nick sitting with their acoustic guitars, putting the song together. It's called The Planet's Hum. But uh, just wanted to give those guys uh, some honorable mentions there, and and really uh, the their last two albums, uh, I listen to them from beginning to end every time I, I put them on, and uh, so just uh, it, this was a lot of fun. I'm, I'm grateful that I got to revisit all those and just really focus on those.
0: Always fun to do these uh, lists and rank them, uh, especially with you know friends and guys that I know, and uh, when it's a, one of the bands you you truly love it's always fun so thank you guys for committing a good hour and a half of your time today to uh spend some time geeking out over a a band we all
1: adore (laughs) thanks roy i i I wanted to give a couple of honorable mentions also of course waiting for me (laughs) is the first and the top of that (laughs) um you know in, in in the era that i was asked to do one so wise and uh hiding out of brief not turns that's another one uh, that's spox being spox doing what they do best i do want to say that i did not want to have your job which was trying to pick the top 5 songs of the neil morse era because that for me would have been utterly impossible here here <laughs> so thank you. it's been fun it's been great fun
0: awesome guys all right For anybody listening, please check out the uh, Prog Report. You can download our podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, listen to them on YouTube, on the website. There's all the news, information, interviews, et cetera, other stuff coming up soon. And we will see you all again uh, very soon. Thank you, guys.